this week's episode is sponsored by the Breakthrough to Excellence Network. This network will help you stop scaling your business in chaos and get you back to building your legacy by restoring your confidence, your systems, and your strategy that will honor your God-given talents. You can find more information at www.jasminehaley.com. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Haley, and our guest for this episode is Dr. Ashwini Nayak. She supports physicians and healthcare leaders to confidently step out of their comfort zone to make their next level of social impact within and outside of healthcare. Through one-on-one coaching, clients learn how to achieve their next level of career success and craft a lifestyle and legacy grounded in conscious living and leadership. Dr. Nayak is a board-certified internist, a certified life coach, a wife, a mom, and a woman determined to overcome small talk in order to develop deep, meaningful relationships in all aspects of life. She also co-hosts the Uncheck the Box podcast with her sister. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jasmine. It's so good to be here. Yeah, this yes. is going to be fun, I think. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to really, really enjoy this conversation. So first of all, I love the name of your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Because like, what other ambitious woman doesn't check boxes around here? Okay. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, lifetime oh. of checking boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I can't. So just for listeners to give you a backdrop, there is a cool app called Lunch Club. And you get to meet complete strangers. Now, I'm a crazy woman for doing this because I'm completely introverted. And yet I said yes to it. And guess who who was on the other end? Dr. Ashwini Nayak. So I'm so thankful of going out of my comfort zone and meeting other amazing entrepreneurs. So I cannot wait for you all to hear her story, to be inspired in your own journey as you pursue your entrepreneurial desires. So... Tell me, Dr. Nayak, when people choose to go into healthcare at a level that you were in healthcare, mm-hmm. they often stay. Yes. You know, I'm a dental hygienist by trade. Like many, there's not many of us leaving, mm-hmm. you know, and saying, okay, I'm going to try something completely new after you put through forth all those years and efforts to get through the program, pass your boards, keep your license up, take the continuing education to keep it up. I mean, like, it's a big deal. So let's know about your journey and what led you to where you are now. 
Yeah, I think like you alluded to, you know, I had decided to go into healthcare and become a doctor when I was 17, 18 years old. It felt like a calling to me. I felt that I had wanted to be of service to people. I was intrigued by science. I really appreciated being able to have that closeness with people. And and I thought that medicine was going to be the way that I would express that through my life's work. And and for all the years that I went for my education and training and and did that, it really was. I think there was so much that I did get out of my my career in medicine. And and I even still have this really strong um, sort of affinity to it. I still have a strong connection to it. And you're right that it's hard to think of leaving. And and in some ways, I, I don't feel like I've completely left. I think I'm taking a break from it to, to determine how is it that I want to make medicine a part of my life. I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm comfortable with defining that for myself in a way that's unique to me and authentic to me and not necessarily by someone else's standards or society's standards. Mm. But I guess for right now, in some ways, I have left. And, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy decision. Yeah. Because you know, like you said, we've spent years, you know, going through this education, this training, dedicating ourselves to developing ourselves in that one area. And then all of a sudden, you know, or it's not so sudden, I guess, but we decide that we're going to shift and pivot. And we're letting go of part of our identities, we're letting go of perhaps some financial sort of security, because of the fact that I know for myself, I was earning a six figure salary as a physician, that was there was some security in that. Yeah. And so it wasn't easy But what had happened was, you know, so about three years ago, I had been a mom for about a year. And that life event of becoming a mother had sort of posed to me this question of, okay, well, what are you going to be spending your time on now? Because up till that point, medicine and my work had taken up a large amount of my life. And I was happy to do so. I was happy to learn in that space and to give in that space. But when I became a mom, the world, the universe was sort of like, okay, here's another thing that you have to now consider. Where is that going to fit into your life? And I had to restructure my life and my priorities. And it was really hard in that first year of motherhood to figure out how to do that in a way that met all my expectations um, as a professional and as a mom, as a wife. And I just couldn't figure it out. I tried all the tweaks in my schedule. I tried, you know, all the little life hacks, but it just wasn't working out. And then I came across life coaching through a podcast I was listening to and through a leap of faith, set up a consultation and met this woman that just really changed the way I looked at things in a matter of 20 minutes. And I thought, okay, how is this going to affect me if I work with her? And so then over a period of three and then six months, I worked with her and she just changed how I looked at myself, what was possible for me in my life, how I could connect with my son in a way without necessarily having to to work less at that time. I started to expand of like how I could make an impact within my work, but then also what could I do beyond that? And for me, my journey started there was when I started to see the impact it was having in my life. I said, I need to bring this back to other professional women. And at that time, it was women physicians, because that's who I knew best. And I started by helping them figure out how do we work less in the sense that, you know, so much of my time at home was spent thinking about work, then working on charting, (laughs) being up late working. I was like, how do I help people like constrain a bit in that area? Yes. So that's where I started. But very quickly, I realized it was really about transformation and learning about who I was and wanting to help other women discover who they were through the process of their work and the impact that they were making. And and that's what's brought me here now is I want to help women um, within healthcare, outside of healthcare, who are leaders, who are maybe on an entrepreneurial journey themselves, 
figure out who they are and make that impact that they want to make. And it's exciting to help them do both. I love that. Like we're like one of the the end result of the transformation from from my clients is impact. Mm-hmm. And like, I love that as heart center entrepreneurs and purpose led individuals, we want to make a difference. We want to yeah. make that impact. And I think that's so beautiful. I laughed because immediately I haven't even thought it's been a year since I've thought about this. I remember I had like some crazy, it wasn't even a nightmare, but I literally woke up and said, oh my gosh, I forgot the chart right? I forgot my patient's chart. This is before the electronic health records. Okay. Like these are like the actual charts, right? I had woke up, I woke up and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This is in the middle of the night. I'm worrying about a chart. Okay. And like, I get it. It consumes, it consumes your life. And I had a really interesting conversation recently with a great friend of mine just talking about like how our identities are so entwined with these expectations for professional expectations Mm -hmm. these expectations as a wife as a mother that oftentimes we don't feel comfortable sitting with just ourselves and like asking hey jasmine what do you want like what is it yes you know, and I am, as I've mentioned before in that conversation, I would fill my schedule up so tight, mm-hmm. so busy, say yes to every single thing, right? Yes. Because I think subconsciously, I was scared to not be doing anything. I feel the same way. Yeah, I've, I felt the same way. Not feeling like I'm productive, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's deeply rooted, though, my reasons on why I do that. And I talk about them from time to time. I've had some traumatic experiences and things of that nature from my own childhood. And you just, you consume yourself with other measures that make you feel safer mm-hmm. than the wild, wild west of not doing anything. Like that's so scary not to do anything. <laughs> it is. Yes. And these last six to nine months have been scary in that way. And yes. I, I completely identify with that. It's this... Um, It's been years now of working to let go of doing so much. And in the beginning, it was only a little uncomfortable because you just let go of a little bit because you're only comfortable enough to let go of that much. In these last six to nine months, I think the pandemic has accelerated that a bit uh, out of necessity, but some of it has also been by choice. And and I completely get that it's it's uncomfortable just to be present with yourself. And just to see yourself as a whole person and as valuable and as worthy just in being mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and that everything else is fun and it's, it's it helps to sort of add something to our lives. But that just being alone and, and being here is enough. And like that's such a lesson that I've learned, I think, in the last six to nine months, especially just because I've had to focus on that as I've let go of even more. Yeah. But it's not an easy process, I think. And I think so many of my clients that I work with deal with that same yeah. Of having had all these commitments and agreements that they've had made, thinking that it needed to be so in order to be okay, to be like either safe or maybe to feel feel valuable, to yeah. you know, to feel secure in yeah. some way. Um, but then realizing that that's available to them even without all of those activities and tasks and commitments. But it's scary because you don't know how. How is that going to look? Yeah. How do you even start to create that space of just being? You know, when you're used to this pattern of busyness and the world Mm -hmm. tells you the world tells you yes if you're not hustling hard or whatever else they say you know that you're not really you're not really winning you don't really and 
And we have a hard time defining what that success is for ourselves because we are letting the patriarchal system. Yes, I've said that. (laughs) (laughs) And like everything else kind of like tell us what that should be. And I'm just I feel that as I'm listening to you talk, this has been coming up a lot lately in my life at this time. I really want to read again, Brave in the Wilderness by Brene Brown, because that sense of belonging is everything. And I think Mm -hmm. right now in my own business pivot and changing my ICA, working with just dental professionals and moving into being a biz strategist for entrepreneurial women who just need to get their stuff organized and and want to scale and grow, Mm -hmm. that I lost a little bit of myself in the identity of dentistry. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that rocked me this year. Oh, my word. Oh, yes. It's crazy. For myself, too. I mean, I think, you know, I made the decision to leave my... So at this point, I was at my in, in part-time practice back in December. At that point, I decided that I was going to, to transition out into full-time into my own practice, my coaching practice. And it was, you know, as much as I had been working on my identity as a physician and being able to, to include coaching and other identities into, into who I was... When I finally did make that break in April, I, ironically, it was at the same time as the pandemic was just picking up. That's when I started. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, uh, what, a, what a great time. I right? know. To, like, yeah. why? <laughs> so the universe wanted us to really experience the, the challenge right. and the growth. Um, it was like, here, are you ready for this? And so. Uh, exactly. But yeah, like it was it was for me, too. I think uh, that final letting go, I was like, oh, OK, what does it mean to be? at least without being that person in my day to day. Yeah. I'm still Dr. Nayak, but what does that mean? Like, who am I now? Like what, how, how does my, my, my experience and my training and my knowledge, my perspective as a physician come into what I'm being now? That was, it was jarring. And there's sort of this, this settling in period. And I feel like I've settled in now, but it, it took some time. Yeah. And, um, but I think that's, there's, there's something, I don't know, peaceful once you are able to get through that on the other side. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if I knew that that was coming, but I was hoping it was coming and it has in some way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what at least I've been looking for in my life is to feel more grounded and at peace with who I am. And then to start to adopt like, you know, identities and and ways of doing things that just feel fun and feel easy yeah. um, because I am already happy with where I'm at and who I am. And I think the more we let go and the more we can be present with ourselves, the more we can take on these other sort of ways. So cool. Yeah. I love that. I, well, you know what we are, we're courageous and resilient women. That's what we are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's get into this topic now. I think this is really important because I have a history of some codependency. I am a people Mm -hmm. pleaser. Okay. Mm-hmm. To the nine, honey. Okay. To the point where I will do it to my own detriment. I've seen myself and I'm catching my patterns now because it comes in subtle ways. So we need to talk about like getting comfortable with constraint because as business owners, our listeners are business owners. We're dealing with multiple layers of ourselves, as you mentioned, wife, mother, you know, whatever. Whatever is on your plate, caregiver of parents that are elderly, whatever is on your plate, we're typically caring for others. Yes. And we forget and can't really get focused enough to focus on the entrepreneurial goals and desires that we may have. Mm -hmm. And that that concept of getting comfortable with constraint is necessary for you to step into a CEO role. Yes. So let's talk about that. How has that played a role with your 
business success and just even your personal success, Mm -hmm. being comfortable with that. Yeah, I remember when I certified in my coach training almost two and a half years ago, and I had so many things on my list of to-dos and like my dreams, my goals for the year, um, personal goals, as well as uh, entrepreneurial goals. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking the question of, well, how do I fit it all in? And the advice I was given was, you just have to pick what you really want to do. And essentially, that was an advice for constraint. I don't know that I fully embraced it or really understood what it was. Although over time, I started to realize that I couldn't do it all. I couldn't do all of it at once, at least not in the time that I had set for myself. And I think in the beginning, when I had not constrained, when I hadn't chosen what my highest priorities were personally or professionally or entrepreneurially, it was hard. I was distracted. My mind was in multiple directions. It was harder to be present and to be fully engaged in whatever I was doing because there was this idea in the back of my mind that there was something else coming up or that there was something else that could be done. And for at least the way my mind is wired, it wasn't helping me to have all these different goals. Now, some people might function okay in that. And if this is, I think this is more for the person who's maybe for, you know, who's maybe a little bit sort of distracted or diverted in their attention or just finding that they're not getting the focus and sort of outcomes that they want to see. Mm -hmm. So over time, I think I learned the lesson of, okay, let, let, let a little bit go. And I think it was done a little bit less consciously um, until about nine months ago, when I realized that that I was sort of reaching a plateau in what I could achieve and that doing more was not getting me to where I wanted to go. And so I said, okay, if that paradigm of doing more is not getting me to where I want to be, what else could be possible? What else is what else am I not considering? And I came back to that idea, that earlier advice of you really need to decide what it is that you want to be doing and what it is that you want. And it just happened to be that I started working with my current coach at that time. And, you know, her initial work that she had me do as a sort of an inventory was really about creating constraint based on my values and my priorities. And I got really clear on what is it that drives me in my life? What is it that's important to me in my value system? What is it that's important to me in my relationships and in my priorities? And I used that as the guiding force then to decide, okay, how am I going to structure my business in a way that supports that? Because certainly, you know, sort of in the story that I've shared up to this point, there was a lot of going, you know, doing, doing, doing on continually on the go in my previous work. Mm -hmm. And I, in this phase of life, wanted to create something new for myself in my health, in my relationships, in my personal um, sort of self-appreciation, but also in my business. And so using those values and those priorities as a constraint, it helped me say, or learn how to say yes and no to the right things in my business. And I became very clear on what are my financial goals right now? Yes. What exactly do I need to earn to live the life I want to live right Mm -hmm. now, but also to move in the direction that I want to move in, but especially to live the life I want to live right now. That was part of the constraint because I was always someone who was so future minded that I forgot about living the life right now. And so that was part of the constraint. Okay, What do I need to earn right now? And that was helpful during the pandemic to ground myself in reality and what I absolutely needed, because otherwise at that early phase of the pandemic, when we're all sort of like adjusting to, okay, the new way of being in that way, mm-hmm. I think dreaming big at that point for me was harder than to just say, okay, what do I need to do right now and in, in today? Mm-hmm. So that was helpful. 
I became very clear on, you know, the value that I had for relationships. You know, for so many years, I wasn't cultivating my relationships in friendship, in, in my personal relationships otherwise, because I was so focused on my professional work. And I was like, this phase of life, I'm going to focus on how do I create, you know, a life and a work around relationships. And so in doing that, my, I had a very specific goal personally and professionally, and I constrained around that. And that's where, you know, I was doing things like lunch club and meeting people in other ways through other networking, but really just focused on creating genuine connection. Yes. And that fulfilled me in a personal way, as well as in a professional way. And it served my business goal, yes. you know, of like meeting people and maybe opening up opportunity to meet potential clients. Mm-hmm. I got really constrained in, okay, how do I want to serve people? So I, you know, in the past, I'd tried one-on-ones, I tried some group, I'd tried a little bit of, you know, do I want to develop a course? And, and any one of those could be, you know, viable business uh, models for people. For me, I decided I'm going to focus in on one, which is the one-on-one, again, sort of focusing on the idea of relationship for me that I felt most fulfilled in that way. So it was really easy then as I, as I was meeting people and as I was creating offers, okay, then this is how I'm going to do it. It has to always serve this one purpose. And it was hard because for someone who has a lot of ideas, who has a lot of sort of creativity that's coming up um, that wants to be expressed, it can be easy to want to then sort of put that into a lot of different uh, okay. sort of ways of expression. <laughs> yeah, Buying but five like- million different courses that you have no business doing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that can be okay too, right? Like if it's working and if Not it's... Really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, it's squirrel brain, you know? It's a squirrel brain. It's like, I don't know if you've ever watched this with your own children, um, Ice Age, that squirrel that was always chasing that nut, like that, yeah. and he would be like falling off the planet here and like, you know, it's just, it's, you know, I joke and say that because... At the end of the day, one of the things I would say I admire most about you just from our interaction, our short interaction, is that you're not a quick yes. You think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's okay to sit and think about it. Like, that's powerful. You know how much power that gives you? And most people are like, yep, yes, yes. And you were the one person that said, I like to think about it. And I'm like, oh. Yes, a woman after my own heart. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something I've had to learn, though. Yeah. It's not been easy. I think it's something I've learned over because you mentioned this idea of people pleasing. Yeah. Like, I, I hear you on that. I think in the past, I felt like this is what I need to do to have people like me. This is what I need to do to succeed. You know, this is the way that everyone else is doing it. And whatever it might be, right, whatever the opportunity might be. And um, it has been yeah, a lesson of constraint in that way too. Just how do you, how do you say no and get comfortable with it and get grounded and okay, it's going to be okay no matter what. And like you said, you have time. You have time to consider it, to figure it out, to make sure that it fits in with what you really want. So you know, there was one thing that that you said that really resonated with me, and that's to be to be able to handle uncomfortable emotions, because when you choose to have constraint, mm-hmm. somebody's going to have a problem with that. Yes. And I remember specifically when I decided to no longer have it where people can call me at all different times. Like I gave them a Google voice number. That was a that was a barrier for me because mm-hmm. it, they I was getting phone calls late at night and things of that nature. And I'm like, hello, it's 11 o'clock at night here. I know you're in California, but it's not a good time. <laughs> yes. Like, there's nothing we need to talk about business-wise at 11 o'clock at night. 
And so I remember there was a, someone that contacted me and said, you know, hey, Jasmine, I would like to talk with you and talk about, you know, possibly partner with you. Wonderful. I would love to speak with you. Here is my scheduler. My schedule is only set on time. I have time block when I can take calls. Yes. Right. And they were taken aback. In fact, when I met her in person, she said to me, she said, when you sent me that link, I said to myself, who do you think you are? I've been in business for 30 plus years. You've only been at that time. I may have been in business for two years or something like that. How dare you give me a scheduler a when we can get on a call and I don't even have your number. I'm like, no, no, no. I'll call you. Yes. <laughs> and I said to her, you know what? I set that up so that not every moment and every second of my life is around my business because I have a husband I have mm -hmm. children. I have, I want to have a sense of normalcy. And you know what she said to me? She said, Jasmine, I respect that because when I was starting my business, I would be at the dinner table and my phone would be ringing and I would have to answer it. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, there you go. Like, yeah. why is it that as women, we don't talk about that? It's okay to put these boundaries up. It's okay to not say yes to everything. And mm -hmm. again, it's those societal norms that get pushed on us. Yes on how yeah. we should show you. This is how you should show up for your business. No, let mm -hmm. me show up with my true authentic self and maintain my integrity and value so I can be really happy. Yes. Like, and fully present for what you want to do. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So that when you're actually showing up, you're like, you're ready to do it. You're so excited to do it. Yeah. 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 How, how did you feel in that moment when she had said, you know, when she was taken aback a bit, was that hard? Is that what you're referring to? It or would you feel like by that point it was easier? At that point, I knew what I needed because what was working wasn't working for me in my business and I was feeling completely burnt out. Mm -hmm. In that instance, when that happened, it was a, a big lesson for me, but it also showed my growth because mm -hmm. I didn't respond in anger. I didn't spirit like, who do you, what do you mean? Like, you asking to get on the phone with me, woman. Like, I could have got, you know, <laughs> ridiculous, but it wasn't, there was no need to. It was, I understand that you may feel that way, but this is the reason why. And I could have also said, it's none of your business, you know, but that's not my character. Mm, my character mm -hmm. is not, I'm conflict adverse. I'm not going to do that. I'll get it. I'll, I'll get strong mama bear if I need to. But my first reaction is not to be that way. And I handle it with it professionally <laughs> like I yeah. should have. And it's just like, it's not a big deal. This is the boundaries and I'm not changing it. I felt powerful mm -hmm. in that, yeah. in that instance, because I, ch I was choosing me. Yes. So many of us, so many women don't choose themselves. Mm -hmm. And yeah. fact, you're, you're shamed and said, and you're told that you're being selfish. Right. And it's like, I can't be a good wife. I can't be a good mother. If I deny my existence, right? Like I'm still here. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's exactly like when when you're talking about how do we deal with some of this emotion, and one of the ways is that I, I think what I heard you say is you know I understand, mm -hmm. and when we can hear the other person's emotion and say okay I can understand or I can have compassion for why they're feeling that way, mm -hmm. I think that's one way that we can start to at least feel a bit more okay with the fact that it's happening, and then and then be a little bit less reactive to it. Yeah. 
The other thing I heard you talk about is just the narrative changed, you know, the one of, you know, it's selfish turned into like, I'm taking care of myself so that I can be there for my family and my and and myself and that there's more here than just myself and my business. And and so when we can expand who we are I and mean, we can expand the narrative who, of who we are and want to honor all of that, not just the part of us that's an entrepreneur, then we start to find that it's okay to you know act in a certain way or to set certain boundaries. And so I think that's another piece of it is like how we change, you know, how we look at ourselves and who we are in relation to others. I think the other piece of it too is just to sort of get present with it. I think often when I felt really reactive, it's because I think it's going to end up going somewhere like them being upset is going to result in a, in a broken relationship or or a lost client or whatever it might be, right? It's um, But the idea that we can sort of stop ourselves from creating those stories of what might happen and then just get back present with what's actually happening um, allows you to have that connection of, okay, I understand. Okay. And this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. This is what we need to do right now. This is, this is you know, what, just dealing with the actual situation or the circumstances then instead of dealing with what might be happening in the future, you know, possibly yeah. based on what our mind is creating. So I think those are all, you know, different ways of helping to deal with the emotion is cultivating compassion, having clear sort of a identity and sort of uh, desires and wants already defined so that you can have clear boundaries mm-hmm. and honor them. And then, and then being able to get present as often as you can. And that takes practice, I think. Oh, my so, Lord. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I grew up in New York City. I did everything fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, my life was like, even my brother sometimes has said to me, you know, I got on their nerves because I was like one of those. I didn't think. I just went ahead and did it. Mm-hmm. I guess you call that impulsive. But <laughs> I don't know. Like, but I'm not I'm still strategic. So I don't know if that's really impulsive. Like, I'm not going to jump off a bridge and do something silly like that. But I also am OK with the unknown and moving forward because my, my top number one strength is futuristic. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm always envisioning, like you had mentioned, I'm always envisioning the possibilities. Yes. And that makes it hard for me to be slow enough to see Mm -hmm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's important too, because as business owners, sometimes we're, we're, we're not seeing the actual growth that you're that you're having at the present moment. You're so focused on I'm not here at this 500k mark or 300k mark. I must be a failure. And, yes. and you forget all of the small milestones that are leading up to that. Yes. And then it makes you feel like I'm inadequate. Oh, I should quit. Or you know, I entrepreneurship is not the thing for me. Mm-hmm. When in fact maybe your issue is like you you're mentioning is getting comfortable with constraint and just like slow the heck down. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, I think the example you gave is one that, you know, because, you know, we if you've gone through any sort of, uh, you know, higher education, or even just even through like, let's say you're going through your high school education, or you're going through your college education, or whatever it might be, you know, there's a sort of end goal, right, like that you're going to have your degree, or that you're going to have certain, you know, uh, you know, licensing. And the thing is that, the whole time that you're working toward that, you're not saying, oh, I'm a failure because I'm not there yet. It's just Ooh. that you're in the process of getting there, right? It's going to happen. It's just, it's, and it's in, in these cases, it's defined for us. So we can sort of say, oh yeah, I'm, I, I'm there because it's already been defined. But I think entrepreneurism is the same thing. It's what if we can imagine, like you said, having this sort of futuristic mindset saying, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at that 500K mark. That is written sort of in the in the sort of in the future there. But but I'm right now in the process of getting there. 
Mm-hmm. And that might look a lot of different ways, especially yeah. with the way the world sort of offers us different things, especially this year has been interesting. Yeah. And so like part of it is getting comfortable with that uncertainty of what it might look like, because unlike a, a, an educational path, which has been defined and maybe you know shown to us, but how that's going to look, entrepreneurism isn't going to ever be spelled out for us. And but it's the same idea of we are still on that path to get there. And it's just believing that you are truly on that path. I think that's the key. Yeah. Ashwini. If we were in person, I would have been clapping praise hands and everything, honey. That analogy is perfect. That makes sense. Like it makes really, yeah. It's it's when we think I mean all the years we put into our schooling and and even in high school, we just follow the pattern. But but you're right. Entrepreneurship is like, you know how those fogging, I often say like, you know, when you're driving and it's like really deep fog and even with the high beams on, you can only see but so far, like that's what entrepreneurship is like. (laughs) Yeah. So you're like taking steps into the thickest fog ever and like hoping it's leading to where you need to go, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Please. This is my last question to you. This has been such a great conversation. Oh, I'm going to have to journal journal about this, actually. We're going back to the very beginning of your entrepreneurship journey. Like, what advice would you tell yourself right now? What would you say to yourself as you were beginning? I think the advice I would give to myself would be to take a moment, again, on the theme of slowing down, to really slow down before getting caught up in someone else's story or someone else's dream of really slowing down to take an assessment of what you really want and what really is driving you. I think it's easy when we are in maybe a position where we want to leave, you know, a certain type of job that feels toxic, or maybe if we're in a, maybe we have a vision of like what we want to create and we're just so excited about it. Even if it can be, you know, motivated by excitement, it can be easy to sort of get lost in that. And then just to start on a path of doing rather than just sort of being really mindful. And I've heard you use that um, sort of, you talk about strategy. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes we lose the strategy in the beginning. And so I think I would give myself advice to just slow down and take an assessment of what I really want and, and to create some strategy right from the beginning rather than just start doing, sort of uh, hoping that it's going to lead to somewhere. Because I think I learned a lot in the process of just picking up and going and doing. Um, I think there's a lot that was learned just through experience. But I wonder if I could have been a bit more directed if I had just stopped for a minute in the beginning. Absolutely. And I, and you'll save yourself more headache when you do. Yes. Like, you really like, because I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the reason why I teach and I, you know, talk about that. Just save yourself the headache. And I love that. I really, I really love that piece of advice. All right. Let the listeners know how they can work with you, where to find you, all of that jazz. So they can reach me at Ashwini at physicianwellnesscoaching.com. So that's my first name at physicianwellnesscoaching.com. And that is my website as well, physicianwellnesscoaching.com. And I love to connect with people. So that's like the primary way that um, I like to to connect and uh, is just through a one-on-one. So they can set up, you know, a, a time to chat or to, they can email me and we can coordinate that together. They can also check out our podcast, my sisters and my podcast, utbpodcast.com. This is a place where she and I just, it's 
just a fun project we have together. You know, when we have something we want to share, we get on there and we we chat and we, then we share that with people. And um, so they can also listen in there if they want to think about how they can uncheck the box. Oh, I love that. All right. Well, thank you once again for coming on the show. It's been an honor to interview you. I really love this conversation today. Yes, me too. So, so grateful for being here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time. 